I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Just real quick, let the people know who you are. Well, do I look at the camera? No, you don't. You, we're just talking. <laughs> okay. My name is Sarah. You know me from high school. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, just let them know like what you do okay. and stuff. Um, I am 25 years old. Uh, I am currently working at my dad's office. He's a doctor, optometrist. Uh, I just graduated with a BA in studio art and photography. So I'm doing freelance stuff now, and then I'm working to get my teacher certification to teach art. So, awesome. Yeah. So we were just talking about, you know, you, you mentioned like going through something mm -hmm. and obviously your close friends and people that know you know mm -hmm. what that is. Yeah. But for the people that may not know, because um, it is a situation that is that, ha that can have a significant impact on yeah. your mental health, well-being, yeah. obviously. Um, so if you, if you don't mind touching on yeah. that, as long as you're comfortable. Yeah. Um, I think I'll start off where... Uh, so like back in high school, so the year of 2015, no not 2015, it's 2016, um, you know, uh, like any other high school person, you're in a relationship, you know, you're doing your thing, you party, you know, you have fun or whatever, but I think the two main things that happened for me was, is that um, being in a relationship and knowing that you know, um, so the first thing is I'm adopted. So, you know, um, what happened with my birth mom was that she, you know, she did drugs, she did alcohol and everything. But I think with that growing up, I had to, you know, in high school, like any other high school, you party, whatever. I kind of, I think that hit me a little bit harder and knowing that, you know, I had to do, I struggled with that, you know, and I think, you know, towards, and it did cause problems in my relationship and it did cause problems with my family and um i just remember one night i literally blacked out i came home my parents were home with me and i'm crying and i i, I asked for help so um so the next day they drove me to a rehab and I don't want to go to rehab, you know, like Amy Winehouse. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I refused that part, but I agreed to do IOP, which is uh, intensive outpatient. So I started, I remember it was like MLK week because I didn't go in on Monday. I went Tuesday. And I went and it was awkward, you know. It's like, what, why am I doing this? Why am I here? And it's funny, though, because everybody went up to me and they're like, they're like, oh, the first day is, like, not hard, you know? Yeah. You know, they were very welcoming to me, you mm -hmm. know? But, and they were like, it's okay. It's like, oh, shit, I'm the new person here, you <laughs> know? But through, like, that whole month, it was just basically you have, like, a group activity with everybody, and then you go in your small group. So with my small group, um... I have a mix of like people who were older, younger, my age, 30s. I had one guy, I think he was like 60. So it just kind of made me realize that like, oh, um, you know, you're not alone in this and, yeah. and whatnot. I actually ended up making, I'm best friends with him now. So you make friends, you know, but I think out of it, it's just like, you know, like I said, you don't, you're not alone in this. And When was this? This was in this high school? Was in, this is like getting kind of out of high school, in high school. Like um, how, 17, like 18? 2015. 
Okay, so, so, that, so yeah, like 18. Yeah, 18, yeah. So, you know, I was going through that, and, like, so, you know, clearly, I, you know, I'm not sober, but, like, through that, I learned to, like, okay, like, you have to be more aware of this problem or this situation than some What do you think, people. what do you think made you gravitate towards alcohol? I think it's, like, Gravitate towards alcohol? Just or, gravitate or just towards like partying, alcohol. alcohol, drugs. I think it's just the feeling of it. But then it's just like when you're out, even still today, like when you're out, it's like some people can have one drink and they're like good. But I think it's just more of like a, I don't want to say an addiction, but it's like a feeling of like, okay, I'm, I'll have another one and I'll be okay. And then it What does it make you feel though? Like how, uh, do you, how different do you <laughs> feel compared to when you're sober versus when you're when you were drinking back then? Out of control, for sure, definitely. And I think that's the other thing is like being so young and in that. But I think this goes on to the next part of my life. Um, Mm. So not even like, um, I only did one month of it and um, I was in a relationship and you know, he's supportive. Um, His name is Peter. And, um, you know, he's supportive of it, but I, you know, I, I struggled still, you know, cause people would invite me out and, and whatnot. But, um, I remember, so there's this little pizza joint called Reginelli's that worked. A lot of people know it. They, um, it was down the street from our high school at Bel Air and a lot of our friends worked there and whatnot. And, you know, and so the weekend I went, I went out of town. I went to go see my aunt, but I went with some friends We went to, the concert or whatever and you know he's back in Houston and I came and then it's like Sunday like any normal day I came back and we're just texting and he was working that night and um I I was like okay you know uh I'll see you tomorrow I'll pick you up whatever and and yeah I ended up I was at home and I ended up falling asleep on the couch and um I get a call at like 30 or 4 in the morning and it's his mom I'm pretty close with his mom too so you know I was like okay maybe it's just like a butt dial or something or on accident and at that time I had a really crappy phone too so I was like I had to put it on speaker and then like I just remember I'm like half asleep and she calls me again and so I'm like what's wrong she's like Sarah I have to tell you something and I was like I was like what I was like what happened and she was like she's like Sarah like Peter got shot at work and I was like am I dreaming this you know and I was like what do you mean she's like like he he got killed like he died and at work and I was like I was like what and she asked if anyone was up in my house and actually my dad was up and I go into his room and she kind of talked to him and um and yeah so I was I was like okay let me call our friend Kyle and because uh, they were working with him. I was like, I have to call everybody he was working with. And she's like, I'm going to call his roommate, James, because um, he lived with him then. And um, so I hang up the phone. I'm just, I guess you're just kind of in shock. And your first instinct is like, okay, call everybody. So I call Kyle. And he's like, you know, me being annoying, Sarah is always like, what do you want, Sarah? And I'm like, I was like, did you leave work? And he's like, yeah. I was like, um, I was like, was Peter? He's like, yeah, I left before him. I was like, I was like, Kyle, he, something happened at work. He's like, what do you mean? And, 
and he's like, he got shot. And he was like, he's like, what? And it was just, you know, silence. And I'm like, I have to go, I have to call. It's like literally almost like a list of like our, you know. Yeah. And then, so it's like 4 a.m., you know, my mom wakes up because she is a school teacher. So, and um, when I went into her room, she thought I was dreaming. She's like, are you sure? Are you okay? You know, and I was like, no, I'm not. You know, and so I think just like at home, she felt really bad because she had to go to work. But, um, but after that, you know, I went over to my good friend Kaylin's house because she worked that night. And at the same place, Kaylin actually worked that night in the same place, and she was a little, you know, I can't even imagine like she went home that night. You know, she's like same that could have been me, that could have been Kyle. You know, but then we found out. Clearly, they're not allowed to say anything, I guess, during the time. But our friend, our other friend Tristan and a couple of other his friends were working that night. And I was like, why did no one call me? And, and, but his mom was telling me, like, I mean, the cops didn't show up to her door until, like, 2 a.m. So what happened was, um, you know, just going through that, long story short, um, Someone came in to work. It was about 9 a.m. and uh, not at 9 a.m. 9 p.m. and um, and this guy just demanded money and you know Peter was the one who walked in. You know they were about to close. Walked up to him and he told him like I can't open the cash register and um, so I, you know I guess he didn't understand that part and so he shot him and he walked out. He walked back in, shot him again. Um, our other friends, they ran out the back. Um, someone was in the bathroom too at the time. So, um, but yeah, but I think just after that, it was pretty much a day by day thing, you know, at, from that day, like in the morning. And then that same day, we all just kind of got together as friends and as a group and just was there for each other. And then I went by myself to go see his mom and, you know. It's heartbreaking, you know. A mother, that was her only child, you know, so a mother should never. And then his aunt flew down. and But I think that's the main thing that made it, it felt so easy in a sense because everybody was there for each other. Yeah. You know, everybody had each other's back, you know, and everybody made sure everyone was okay. And, of course, the memorial was really hard, but it was very heartwarming to me because just getting up on like the little podium. My speech sucked, by the way, so to get, <laughs> you know, I, I always wish like I go back and I'm like, dang, I wish I wrote it out. But um, I think just being in front of all those people and seeing like how loved he was and how loved everybody is and, you know, and all that. But I think, you know, kind of going back to the story I started with that I got help and then I felt like I had to start all over again. And that's like, you know, going through grief and everything and mental health and stuff. And, you know, I got counseling. I I did counseling for about five years, but, mm -hmm. you know, I felt like I was back in my stage one. Like, I did drugs, I did, I drank, you know, and I wasn't of legal yet to drink. And so, you know, but, it got to the point where, you know, my parents drug tested me and they would know and 
I, you know, but I think it's just, you have a lot of hurt for what you've been through. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, but it's, it's a lot, but then, you know, even still today, I think with the whole thing, it, it was almost like a never ending thing because three years ago this week, we had the trial. So I think that gave me my last step. Closure, yeah. Closure, yes, for sure. Um, Shit went down in the trial. You know, I'm going to say that. No, absolutely. (laughs) You know, I mean, like, I learned things that, like, I never thought would happen. I mean, like, you watch CSI and Law and Order and all that, but, like, then you're sitting in it. And then again, you know, we were with day one people. We were all there which was nice, but I think the one question I got from everybody was, are we able to see the video of, like, what happened? And, you know, I remember, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to give us. I don't know what they're going to show us, but, um, but yeah, so the trial, you know, we were all there, and I think the, the hardest part of the first day was, um, we heard the testimonies, so, like, of our friends, so, you know, we had to see our own friends, like, give their own stories. And, yeah. You know, but they were strong. They, they did a good job on that. But and, you know, um, it's hard to just relive that. Like, that no, day. absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm sure, like you said, having the community around you mm-hmm. and the people that, that loved him mm-hmm. and that he loved yeah. definitely helped. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine what you must have felt like mm-hmm. just going through the whole thing, um, especially being in a relationship and mm-hmm. loving somebody. Was that like your first relationship where you were in love, or was that, that... was yes, like? Because I remember this yeah. briefly um, <laughs> about you. Um, you weren't really into relationships, and I remember we had a very, 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 very brief mm-hmm. sort of conversation about it. And you're like, "Oh, well, he just asked me out, and you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm not into relationships." And I just said I yes. Scary for anybody. I mean, like, but that was like my first real relationship, I guess, like in high school. And so, he was also a grade above me, so he gra- he did graduate before me. But you know, he hung out with all of us and still and whatnot. But yeah, but um, but yeah, I guess like that was like the last thing for me is like just the closure and the trial and like to um, you know. It, it was really hard, I guess, just to see. Yeah. We, we we saw the video. You know, they were very mindful. Of, they had young adults in the room and parents and stuff. But um, I think, yeah, it gave me closure of what happened. And then it made me realize that, you know, the things and when it comes to law and crime, that, you know, taking something awful and then putting it into something good. So we did a lot of protesting. We did a lot of... Um, we joined uh, Moms Demand Action, is a really big one. Um, uh, I think it's every town for gun safety or something like that. I don't know. Being in Texas, that's a big thing, you know, yeah. with the guns. And, and I'm sorry, but Mr. Abbott, you know, he signed that new law now that anybody can carry no a license. gun, no license, anything. And we literally just saw them last week. This what a guy came up into Yes Prep and was mad at a principal yeah and i mean and then in arlington there you know that just really shows you that you know i it's annoying it's 
but I feel like some people just don't understand until you're in their shoes. Exactly, and being, mm-hmm. being in a situation where you've dealt with the consequences, I guess, of having loose gun laws, mm-hmm. um, you certainly have a different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And you see it from your end where mm-hmm. y- you don't want that happening to anybody. Exactly. You know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think where they come from, meaning Greg Abbott or whoever, yeah. they come from the place of preventing that very incident. Yeah. And how do you, like, I don't want to get into this because I don't speak yeah. about this, but just as a general overview, you know, it, it is difficult to find balance mm-hmm. because having one also saves your life, mm-hmm. but not yeah. having one. That's the thing, I think. I think being in that trial really made me understand, like, you do have to have a balance in, with the law and the crime and everything. So with his situ- with Peter's situation was... Um, the killer, last name, his name is Taylor. We call him Taylor. That's his last name. So he, what happened was that he committed a crime. He, he got on bail, out of, not on bail, out of parole. And after like one day, he was released. And then he committed the crime. So the way the situation went down when it comes to the gun situation is his sister took him, and we saw an actual video, of two like easy pawn whatever and she bought him the gun and that's what he used and then he went to walmart you know it's legal to go to like walmart or academy whatever and buy like the little bullets or whatever you know and he did that so that 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 was the one thing you know about it but um just like I don't know. It's it's crazy when you think about it statistically. Yeah, but you then never again, think. it's like I get the whole protection thing and everything. But I think when people automatically like hear your stories, like, "Oh, you're the person trying to take it." No, I'm not, I never said I don't want guns in the country or anything. You have to have the right protection, the right you know people that have it in your hands. You know, so. I think that's the other thing that... The problem is with controlling the wrong people Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. get access to guns, clearly. And it's very, very unfortunate that someone like that can just be let out. Yeah. And, and like, I don't don't understand that part of the system. You can just pay money and be let out. Yeah. But... I mean, that's how it works. And I think the other thing, going into mental health, mm -hmm. is... um, So... The, the law, so he had capital murder, and with capital murder is you can be excused from it if the person has some mental health problem. Um, so, which I understand, he, they tested him a long time ago, like he committed other crimes, and they did find some sort of like mental health problem. So they knew that, but you know, and so that's why he was excused from being executed. But that's, you know, that's a whole other conversation of itself, you know, the death penalty and all that and everything. But How would you have wanted it to be resolved? I think I don't wish death on anybody. I think that's another, you know, big with me and Peter's mom, Dana, you know, talking about it. You know, I, you know, she wanted the death penalty. And I get that. And, um, but... You know, I think if someone's in the mental state of not knowing what they're doing or anything, 
I just think they need help. They need they need the right help, you know, that to get in the right care. And that's the other thing is with the system is I think these people who keep committing crimes and stuff, they don't no one gives them care, or no one gives them help that they need to get their selves right on track. And I feel like I'm a firm believer of that of and I took in college because I, you know, it became a passion of mine. Is I took a criminal justice class, and I got an A on it. So, <laughs> but um, I think that's the thing is that we don't we put all this money into the government, and they don't make anything possible for the people that are in jail that who want to get back on track or who have mental health problems or, you know, I mean, I think everybody deserves a second chance. And, it's really beautiful of you to be saying that. Mm-hmm. No, it's really admirable it that you I, have that perspective, I mean, even I, after what you went yeah, through. Yeah, I think also just being adopted, I, I get it. You know, you know, we're. I think a lot. The biggest question I get from people is like, "Oh, are you, do you forgive this person?" Yeah. Whatever. And I think the the life that I, from my parents and the people I'm around, you know, I sat in a courtroom with him. I, you know, and whatnot, but I think I forgive, but, you know, like they say, you forgive, but you never forget, you know, so, but I think, like I said, he wasn't in the right mind space, but still that, you know, that's a whole nother story. It could have been prevented. Yeah. It really could have. And that's the that's the sad thing about it. But I think just coming out of all this and everything, and you know, you really have to work through it to get to the place where you are now. And you know, but yeah. I'm sure your perspective around human beings and relationships mm-hmm. have al- has also changed, right? Obviously. Yes. How do you because <laughs> losing like someone that you're close to? I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, yeah. you start to appreciate every moment more. If I had to imagine, right? Yes. So how, how did that, like, change the way even you view like, things? You know, like, even with, like, you really do, like, appreciate. I think just when it happened, it's just, like, there are little things in life where I'll be reminded of him. I think the big thing is we were really big, like, festival goers and concert goers. And I went to my first festival after everything happened. I ended up dropping out of school, which... My mom was really fine with her being a college professor and stuff, but you know my teachers were understanding and and everything. And of high school or college? College. Okay. And so, and I, you know, I, you kind of felt like defeated a little bit, but it's like okay, I need to get myself together. But so like I went to my first music festival or whatever, and it's crazy enough that I feel like the universe works in crazy ways, right? And so, and all our favorite, you know, DJs and rappers there like back in the day like juicy j Walka, and um we definitely had a juicy yeah, j phase yeah, juicy back j in the day days back then. <laughs> face nectar um you know little dicky was one you know he, he's funny <laughs> <laughs> um you know a whole bunch it's a three-day festival it was in austin it was called euphoria so but i think those were the most i might have been alone you know but i felt like it was just a very spiritual situation. Like, you know, he's always there with me and 
It's the little things in life, like just little things. You'll be reminded of someone. I mean, I'm sure even like losing a family member. I know like COVID, that's been very, very hard. And I can't, I can't even imagine that. That's like a whole, you know, yeah. situation of itself. But, um, but I think you just have to be positive and, you know, the, I always remind people when people ask me or I'm talking to someone, I like to reach out to a lot of people who have been through the same thing or lost someone. Like, they're always with you. They are. You know, they might not show it every day or something like that, but it'll be like a random day in life and they'll tell you that they're there. And you'll be reminded of them. It's yeah. beautiful. It's really admirable, <laughs> again, um, how you've come out of that situation mm-hmm. with you know, a different perspective mm-hmm. on life. Um, you seem very positive. Mm-hmm. You, see, you seem full of love and positivity. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really cool. I mean, you know, it must have been tough going through all of those moments mm-hmm. by yourself and everything mm-hmm. and dropping out and the perception that your mother maybe have or your father may have mm-hmm. around it. Um, how do you feel now? I feel good. Because you, you graduated. I, you have a like job. Like I said, I graduated. I I work, I'm doing a certification. I think, you know, to see, like, I always, like, go back on that same day or, you know, how I was five years ago. You know, it's coming up on six years in February. It's crazy. And I know he would be very, very proud of me. I, you know, I had my moments, you know, and whatnot, but I'm very proud of myself. And um, <laughs> I, you know, it's it's you know, I don't think I give myself enough credit sometimes. Yeah. But um, I'm very very proud of you. You should be. And I think I think anybody who's in the same it doesn't matter what you're going through, you know, just keep positive, keep going on, and you know, you'll get out of it. You'll you'll make it. I think that I think the world needs positivity, and I don't. That's, yeah. yeah, positivity, a little bit, you know, lack of ego. I think a lot of yes. people operate with ego. Yes. <laughs> and they, they really think that they're, you know, better than people and they treat exactly. people in a sort of negative way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, honestly, like that's because they haven't gone through something significant in their mm-hmm. lives. They don't realize the fragile nature of existence. Mm-hmm. They don't realize how fast everything can be taken from you. And I think when more and more humans realize that, that, yo, we're all the same. We're all going through the same things in our, you know, doesn't matter how much money you have. Like in this world right now, we really are all going through the same thing. We still feel the same emotions and Mm -hmm. just having more love and appreciation for your fellow human or friends goes a long way. It enhances the quality of your life. And um, it really is a beautiful thing to put out there for the world um, to let them know mm-hmm. that you know, I can go through something like this and yeah. still be positive. I think, you know, also, you know, with the whole, you know, like the Black Lives Matter stuff and um, I know my story does not even compare to that, but still it's it's very um, emotional. It, it involves a gun. That's the thing. And, you know, I think that's a big thing as well. And can you scratch that part? <laughs> no, don't worry. <laughs> okay. Continue. Okay, you, you cut it out. Okay, got it. Okay, never mind. 
Um, yeah. Well, let me, let, me, let me clarify what I was saying then um, <laughs> in terms of the... Because okay. we do operate in a hierarchy-based mm-hmm. life. It's like someone has money, someone ha- lives yeah. a certain life. Yeah. You automatically think, oh, I wish I had that or why don't I have yeah. that? And we have friends that seem to live a beautiful life, mm-hmm. but on the inside have their own battles mm-hmm. that people don't see. And that's what I like to do. I like to get that out of people mm-hmm. just to make it clear, clear to everybody that, mm-hmm. yo, like we all go through the same shit. Yeah. And something like this is definitely, you know, it can have an impact on your life moving forward as well, mm-hmm. which you have done. You mentioned you moved, you, you know, you, you're in a relationship now. Yeah. What, what do you think the impact was? Like, was it hard to transition in? Transition in? Was it hard to trust? Or was it just, uh, you know, just emotions kind of taking over? I think emotions taking over for sure. I think the biggest thing, the biggest challenge for me was, like, moving on and continuing my life. It took me almost a good two years to be with someone else. And I, I was so awkward. And I was like, why am I so awkward? You know, that's not me. But I felt almost, like, guilty being with someone else or, like, doing something else or, you know, or whatever. And I just felt bad. But I think it's because I didn't know how to talk to someone again. I would literally, my boyfriend now, bless his heart, (laughs) when I met him, that's all I would talk about is what I went through. And I think it's just because that someone was actually listening to me. Because I would, I would have, you know, like, you, you're in your room or whatever, and you have fun and everything, but I feel like it's when you come home, you lay your head on the pillow, just hits you. Yeah, everything comes and back. And then it's just like you feel alone again. But I think it's like the instant that someone has an interest in you or whatever, it's just like, I'm going to pour my heart out to you. This is how I feel, you know? But, and, but you know, I think it's just more of an emotion thing at the time yeah I feel like I'm still running on emotions in a sense but you yeah know. but yeah it's it yeah I can't speak on how how that would feel but yeah it's you you realize like I said like life is fragile but when things like that happen when you lose a family member or mm-hmm. somebody close to you you realize you also do move on like life continues yes. with or without us and that yeah. speaks to, again, the fragile nature, right? Mm-hmm. We take shit so serious. We take little things so serious. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the things you used to take serious kind of, you know, dissipated over time where you, let, yeah. re- where you realize, oh, that's like the most serious thing that could happen. Yeah. All the other shit that I would worry about or be upset about doesn't compare. Yeah. And that level of perspective change is, you know, not to say that that situation is valuable, mm-hmm. but that perspective change is valuable. And that can happen without something like that happening Mm -hmm. by talking about it. No, for sure, yeah. You realize that, um, I don't know, I just have an appreciation of life. And I remember, you know, Peter and I were in the same men's club. (laughs) I don't know if you remember BMC, right? Yes. Um, I remember my time with him. He was a very sweet guy, very loving guy, Mm -hmm. very funny. I don't know. No, you're good. No, you're good. No, it makes me happy. I remember Everybody remembers that. him during BMCs. 
crazy parties. <laughs> I mean, he, 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 he was a genuinely nice guy, yeah. funny guy, got along with everybody. And he had that, like, you know, nature to him where anyone could be friends with him. He didn't have an ego in that regard. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful thing to have. That's why everybody around him loved him, loves him, remembered him, remembers him. Mm -hmm. Because he didn't have an ego. Because he didn't make anybody feel small. You know, it's funny. I remember when Dana did, she spoke on, we were sitting in with the DA or, you know, and she, they asked her, tell me about him. And she would always say, she's like, he was always the one who would take on, you know, like, have the underdog person or, like, someone, you know, you wouldn't yeah. think. And he would care about them. And I know that for a fact. So I know that, yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't care about me, you know. He's just always very loving and caring. Didn't care about flexing or showing mm -hmm. up or any of that shit that most people now value. Um, yeah. Well, he was a beautiful human being. Aww. And uh, definitely, obviously, I, I reached out back then again. It's just, it's unfortunate. But I'm really appreciative of you coming here, sharing thank this you. story. No, thank you for having me. Yeah, please let uh, the people know what your socials are if you want anybody to yeah, reach out um, that's in a similar situation yeah, or anything like can, that. Yeah, um, follow me if you want any photos. <laughs> oh, yeah, talk about yeah, photography. Yeah, my photography. So, um like I said, I think that's one of the main things that, uh, you know, he knew I did photography and I really channeled that into, you know, that's the other thing. You have a hobby, you have something, you really, like, you channel that into your anger, your emotions, you know, all of that. And I think I got really sparked by that, you know, being, you know, getting back my, I went, I started college again. I got, you know, and that really sparked me and it was just like, all right. I'm going to do this, you know. I did it. I graduated. Hell yeah. <laughs> Good job. So, um, I love it. I love photography. I've been doing it for over 10 years. Um, I did a lot of travel. I'm a world traveler, so, and I think that's the main thing. That's the other main thing, seeing different cultures, seeing different people, seeing poverty, seeing, it really does make you appreciate things in life mm -hmm. because, you know, people live different from all over the world things happen all over the world you know the emotion of loss is the same oh my god yes but literally the yeah. frequency of loss in certain areas is much greater and we don't put that in perspective yeah. i mean if you look at some countries in africa or southeast asia I mean, poverty India, i literally had a day where i broke down and the poverty was so we were going through it was a beautiful moment but it was just like too much for me and like I just, I broke down crying. What part of India? So we went to, um, it was Jai, no, no. It was Varanasi, Varanasi, and where the Ganges is. Yeah. Okay, so we're going, when we took the little, the um, little tuk-tuks, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I literally, like, I had, it wasn't a panic attack, but it was just, like, just so overwhelming just to see, like, people and it's like you like I said being adopted you really have to be appreciative and it, it just it really that trip opened my eyes like spiritually and I think India is such a spiritual place anyways but yeah. I think just that just like I don't know it 
it got to me. But oh, no. it was beautiful, and I think the culture is beautiful. The thing that I that was really beautiful is you know, in Indian culture, um, you know, they burn the bodies when someone passes away, and then they float on the river. But we got to witness like a ceremony where they make these beautiful flowers and they put them in the river and they light a candle and you light it for someone you remembered of. But I was with Peter. He was still alive on that trip. But, um, you know, I you guys went together. No, 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 no. He was back in Houston, oh, okay, okay, you okay. know, I was, so, um, no, but, um, I thought that was really beautiful. And I always think back to that moment and I'm like that, you know, there were so many people out there doing that. And it was like, okay, you know, but, I think that was a really beautiful moment. Like how different cultures, you know, they mourn Remember, losses yeah. and they, you know, and. and it's like, that's also when you have the almost luxury to mourn a loss. Because mm -hmm. there are kids who didn't ask for a certain life that die every day mm -hmm. for reasons that we take for granted, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't have the luxury to mourn a loss. Mm -hmm. Their household or their family or mm -hmm. their culture, yeah. um, I guess their specific version of the culture mm -hmm. just accepts that as a norm. Uh -huh. Oh, like we have five kids and one dies and it's normal. And it's yeah. like human life is valued differently in different places. Yeah. And especially here, you know, I'd say America, Europe, we don't value it as much. We value loss, obviously. One thing happens, it's like a bigger deal than it would be in India, mm -hmm. but we don't value the life that another person has while they're still alive mm -hmm. we don't appreciate yeah. people enough we're still in this competitive like oh i gotta get my money or i gotta do this i gotta do that cycle and those cultures really value humans mm -hmm. in on a spiritual level like you said mm -hmm. so it is beautiful yeah, to see for sure i'm very blessed to have parents who adopted me um they traveled before they adopted my sister and i and like I mean, like you said, there are people in life who want nice things. And my parents could have that. We could have a big-ass house. We could have be driving Teslas, Porsches, whatever. But my parents chose to have a you know, small little house and use it on traveling, which I'm grateful because I would have found photography. That's how I found that. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know what I would be doing. And it's funny because people, when I'm in the office with my dad, he's an optometrist, so... They're like, oh, you're going to take over. Oh, you're going to be a doctor. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? Why? And I'm like, no. You want to do what you like. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I want to make do something that makes me happy. You know? Yeah. Very, you know, my mom's a chemistry teacher. My sister's a geologist. My dad's an optometrist. But I'm the artist in the family. So, yeah. And they're so supportive of that. And I love that. And I think, you know, that's great. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Well, let, let them know where they can find the art, where they can book you yeah, for photography. Yeah, you can uh, follow everything. me on Instagram at sc713photography. Um, same with my website. It's just sc713photography.com. Um, I'll have that in the description. Yeah. Uh, again, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>